It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Florida men in Utah probably seem pretty out of place. Yeah, they did in the football field together, too. Plus, at what point should Chiefs fans start to get nervous about the Chris Jones holdout with week one just around the corner? And is Russell Wilson washed, washed? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. If Gator fans believe in omens, then the start of Thursday night's game against the Utah Utes was all they needed to see. A three and out on offense and a 70-yard touchdown on the first play on defense as part of a 24-11 to handling at the hands of the 14th-ranked team in the nation. Brandon Olson joins me now, and for those of you watching on YouTube, He is sad. Brandon, uh, this was not the performance Florida was looking for here. Uh, It's a long list. What's at the top of the list of what went wrong? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) There's just no other way to put it. Everything that could have gone. It was was Murphy's Law. Everything that could go wrong did. Uh, For me, I think the biggest issue was the team coming out just, just flat. Like, I understand defensive issues. There were a ton of them. Offensive issues. There were a ton of them. But the team, just the stupid, simple mistakes that we saw happen last year where we went, it's year one. They're trying to figure it out. Happened again. Like defense, you're implementing, you're implementing a brand new system. So you can understand communication errors, all that stuff. New defensive coordinator, totally get it. But two people wearing the number three on special teams at the same time. And that's what gives up a first down that leads to a 27 yard rushing touchdown by the backup quarterback. It just makes no sense. Why is the ba- Why is the corner? The one that has to change the number he's already on the field. Why does he have to change his Jersey? It's just, it's, it's the stupidest stuff with Florida. And that's just, again, being a Florida Gators fan is just being prepared to emotionally punch yourself in the face repeatedly for the end of time. And that, that was not true, you know, for, for people of a certain age, but if you are younger than say 20, 25, you don't remember Florida in there. You don't remember the old ball coach winning national titles and, and being Steve Spurrier and being awesome. So speaking of the old ball coach, now it's Billy Napier and it's not like he has lit the world on fire at Florida. It's not like he's got a big personality where he can he can talk up the fans and, and convince all the boosters that he's the right guy. I know it's just week one, but I feel like we constantly have to have these discussions, especially at a program like Florida that has the history that they do. When do you start going? Did we do it again? Did we, did we get the wrong guy again? I think you can... I still believe in Billy Napier. Okay. I think you can raise the question at this point. Like, like you can bring it up and I will disagree with it. And I will make the argument of 
Dan Mullen left him with one of the worst rosters in college football. I don't care about their recruiting rankings. Look at how many of those kids actually showed up on campus because it ain't a lot of those kids that got them in. You know, the eighth-ranked class, all that stuff. You would look at what Billy Napier's doing recruiting-wise now. He's currently got a top three class for 2024 coming in. This past year was, I believe, number 12 in the nation recruiting-wise. He's got some things where it's like, hey, I'm I'm building this. But regardless of how you feel about him, it's not going anywhere after this year. Because just simple math, if Florida were to fire him this year, they'd be paying Dan Mullen, Billy Napier, and Billy Napier's replacement. And that's just financially, that's not going to happen. They can afford it, sure, but that's not going to happen. So regardless of whether or not you think, hey, maybe he isn't the guy, Billy Napier's here to stay for at least this season. So aside from don't make a bunch of boneheaded mistakes, what is it that needs to change in Florida? Because Dan Mullen could recruit, Billy Napier could recruit. It's obviously about more than just recruiting. So is is it is it more about culture? Is it more about X's and O's? Because there are plenty of college football coaches who get away with not being X's and O's guys, but they're galvanizers, they're leaders, they're delegators, and they're really good hires of assistants. So what is what is this program missing right now? Because the talent doesn't seem to be the problem. I think they're missing everything. I mm. just genuinely, I, I think that. I think the talent is missing. I like, yeah, recruiting rankings have been fine, but you can only rely on freshmen for so much. You look at Dan Mullen's recruiting classes. There's not a ton of guys still in Gainesville right now, still there because it was kind of just a, a ton of turnover when Billy Napier came in. You look at the coaching staff, quite a few changes because you lost your co-defensive coordinator, who is your defensive play caller. You lost your tight ends coach. You lost your wide receivers coach. You lost quite a few guys to the NFL about that too. So it's like, even when you do hire good assistants, they're there for a year and then they leave. Billy Napier, he's currently the offensive play caller. If he wants to continue doing that, he's got to figure something out because I don't know what the hell he wanted to do tonight, but there's no reason Grammer should have had 300 passing yards because he shouldn't have had more than 25 pass attempts. Montreal Johnson not getting the ball 15 times, Trevor Etienne not getting another 10. Borderline criminal. Like, like you can... You can make the case with me right now to put everybody in prison right now. Just because it, it was just a complete travesty. <laughs> I've never been more excited and more let down. Like like before the game and even through the first quarter, my legs were shaking nonstop. And we got to halftime and I was just like, just take me out back right now and just call it a night. Stay up to date all year on the Florida Gators by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Gators on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, Chris Jones still isn't back with the Kansas City Chiefs less than a week before they start their title defense. Before we get to that, an MLB MVP candidate makes history. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That makes now the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. How about some NFL futures? The New York Giants won a playoff game last year and theoretically got better on paper, yet they're 48-1 to to win this Super Bowl. Behind teams like the Broncos, who were flat-out bad last year. You can also combine bets within the same game to make even more money. Same game parlays are a great way to enjoy any game. 
So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Maybe Ronald Acuna Jr. saw the MVP odds flip and thought, nah, it's not going down like that. Did the MJ, and I took that personally. Because on Thursday night, the Braves superstar became the first player in Major League Baseball history to hit 30 bombs and steal 60 bases in a single season. And oh yeah, there's still a month left in the regular season. Not only did he do it, he did it in LA against the team most likely to challenge the Braves in the National League with Mookie Betts in the opposing dugout, the man he's fighting with for MVP. Now that's what we call a signature moment. After shedding a slew of veteran contracts this offseason, the Minnesota Vikings are adding a massive one, inking tight end TJ Hawkinson to a four-year deal that can pay him up to $68.5 million making him the second highest paid tight end in the league by annual value. The Vikings have finally extended someone. What's up, everybody? Luke Braun here of Locked On Vikings. TJ Hawkinson signs a four-year mega deal worth $66 million, up to 68 and a half with incentives. We'll call that a $16.5 million average annual value. Places him second among tight ends. It's a really big payday for TJ Hawkinson, but everybody pretty much expected this. When the Vikings traded for him last year, not only did they trade for him on the last year of his rookie deal, so he would have had uh, his fifth year option this year and then maybe a tag. They would have got two and a half years of control for a second round pick. That wouldn't have really been that smart. Uh, but also, Hawkinson's really good at football. <laughs> you got to keep good players. For details and all that other stuff, you can find the Locked On Vikings podcast wherever you find your favorite shows. The LA Rams have had success with a stars and scrubs approach. They did win a Super Bowl with it after all, but they're leaning more heavily into the latter than the former this year, which makes the news that Cooper Cup suffering a setback in his return from a hamstring injury all the more painful. Cup was said to be one of the few stalwarts left from the 2021 Super Bowl run along with Matthew Stafford, also coming off injury, and Aaron Donald. The answer to the question of who are the starting receivers for the 2023 Rams just went from a $200 Jeopardy question to a thousand. When the Angels decided to wave the white flag on the season and wave seemingly half their team, see what I did there? The Cleveland Guardians got an idea. Why don't we claim some of them and try to make a run? Cleveland added three arms to their staff from the Angels. Cleveland Guardians might have had an off day, but the front office is certainly staying busy. They add a trio of pitchers. That's right, three new arms to the team. Lucas Giolito will likely move into the rotation, putting Xavier Curry back in the bullpen. Then they add Ronaldo Lopez and Matt Moore. All three come from the Angels, which along with their other moves, allow the Angels to get under the luxury tax. So I guess bully for them. But for Cleveland, this is a lot of arms. All of them will be free agents at the end of the year. 
while Lucas Giglio is the big name and will likely step into the rotation for Cleveland. Moore is arguably the best pitcher of the group this year. The lefty has been very strong for the Angels. All three prone to the long ball, but it's a nice reinforcement. Lito and Lopez just cost the Angels a top 100 prospect. Cleveland's getting them kind of for free. It'll cost them about $3.5 million the rest of the way, which is about what they saved with Josh Bell. So they took and rolled that money into making a legit run at it end of the year. Check out Lockdown Guardians for even more on a fun day. Here is another story you need to know. In a little under a week, the Kansas City Chiefs opened the NFL season defending their Super Bowl title. The question right now is, will they have Chris Jones, their star defensive player, their best defensive player. According to recent reports, there have been more discussions about a contract, but Chris Jones is still not ready to play, ready to suit up for the Kansas City Chiefs. Ryan Tracy from Locked on Chiefs joins me now. And Ryan, what is your concern level as we stand here? Like I said, less than a week away from when the Chiefs have to actually kick off and play a game. You know, the big thing is just not whether there's an agreement in place or not. You have to feel like that's coming because he's currently under contract. And there's all these forces that are going that way. It's it's what does he look like when he gets there? Yeah. This has generally come into camp in very good shape in recent years. The question is this elongated absence, what has that done to whether he's, he's still got the flexibility he needs? Is he ready to ramp up his, his actual work capacity right away? You can see a very diminished possibility of just pass rushdowns, maybe 15, 20 snaps a game when he first gets back, if at all. It all depends on the report point. Right now, it is completely up in the air. When do you think he needs to show up if he's going to show up? Like, as you mentioned, he's under contract. So if he's not going to show up and play, he is subject to fines and all sorts of, of paycheck withholdings and those things. When does he need to show up and play to give them something in week one? Uh, that date was the 22nd of August, as, <laughs> as, I, as I had proclaimed, right? Uh, I mean, if he walks in tomorrow and a deal's done, you can have him on the roster. Is he going to give you any meaningful snaps a week from Thursday? I don't think so. Mm. Maybe it's it's enough to have his presence so you're drawing attention, maybe some double teams, just because he is who he is. I don't see anything meaningful in week one right now. At this point, I feel it's almost a lost week. And for a guy who says he wants to be the defensive player of the year, that clock's ticking. No question about it. And they have the Detroit Lions, a team a lot of people are high on this year, the FanDuel favorite to win the NFC North. And then they play in a rematch of a playoff matchup last year. They have to go to Jacksonville to play Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. It seems like you're saying the, the first week we could actually see Chris Jones be something close to Chris Jones is that coming off a mini bye to start the season, that extra rest and, and work could be that Jaguars game. And what could be a pivotal game? It absolutely could. And I certainly hope so because chasing around uh, Trevor is probably the best thing that he can do with his time between now and then. So let's hope that he can get there because I agree that I think the Jags are on an upswing this particular season. And if you can get after them early, get a look and get a win, I think that's a feather in your cap as you try to get back to a road that you've been on before, but you always had Chris at every turn. That's the big difference. Let me play devil's advocate here for a second. Is Chris Jones playing a token number of snaps or maybe playing no snaps at all in week one and the defense looking, I don't know, not great. The best thing for the negotiating power of Chris Jones, because you and I know the, the power that he has over offenses, what they have to do to game plan for him. You come out and you look sloppy without your best defensive player. 
That's a nice thing to go to the front office with and say, hey, do you see the way those boys played without me? You need me. Pay up. I'm sure that he can do that. I, I think for the organization, I think the pressure doesn't lie on the front office at that point. I think it relies squarely and, and, and subsequently massively on the shoulders of one number 15, because that is the yeah. solution. If you can't stop anybody, you got to dial up that offense. You got to get yeah. the young receivers contributing. You got to get that O-line sorted out with two new tackles. You put it on 15 and you let them go play. Stay up to date on all the drama in Kansas City, if there is any. Subscribe to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Chiefs on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Russell Wilson was a star on the field. Until he wasn't. But can he be again? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Russell Wilson was not good last year. With Sean Payton replacing Nathaniel Hackett, many believe a turnaround is on tap. Our Locked On NFL hosts, well, they mostly do not. Well, I can tell you this. Russ looks like an entirely different player so far in camp and preseason than we saw last year. You have to give flowers to guys like Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. I mean, two young guys that have really ascended into top-tier guys in the NFL. Russ was a top-10 quarterback for a majority of his career when he was in Seattle. Last year, it shed the optics a little bit based on how he and the Broncos performed. But uh, you're going to see a much more competitive Russell Wilson. I think you're going to see a little bit more of that old-school stuff that we saw from him in Seattle. He's leaner. He's more athletic. He's using his legs a little bit more. But the thing is, until you dethrone Patrick Mahomes uh, at the top of the division, he's the top guy at quarterback. And ideally, I think anybody objectively speaking here, we can watch a Chiefs and Chargers game and we're like, that's the most entertaining divisional matchup we'll probably see all year long in AFC West is between those two teams because of the history that they have and because you have these two quarterbacks who can battle really well. And maybe, maybe Russell Wilson can throw his name to that, but right now it's those two guys who really are taking the lead inside the division. Usually older players whose play drops off significantly don't magically get it back. You look at a case like Aaron Rodgers, for example, he fell off a little bit. He wasn't Aaron freaking Rodgers. He wasn't MVP Aaron Rodgers. But he wasn't as bad as Russell Wilson was last year. So you have to think Nathaniel Hackett was, as Sean Payton said, the worst coach in NFL history, the worst coaching job in NFL history to believe that Russell Wilson can return to star status. And you also have to believe, as I am sure Sean Payton does, that he can be a huge force multiplier in the other direction. The problem is, it's a fine offensive line with a good running game. But it's a receiver room that the Broncos have been reportedly trying to shop for at least a year now. Not exactly the most confidence-inspiring fact. And they're playing in a brutal division with the Chargers 
and the Chiefs in a meat grinder of a conference in the AFC. Usually players in their 30s who play as bad as Russell Wilson did last year. That's it. They don't go back. And we've seen this with quarterbacks in the past. When you hit that wall, there may be no sign of decline. And then all of a sudden you hit the wall, you hit that cliff, you go over the cliff. And what happens when you go over the cliff? It's all over but the crying. And finally, Odell Beckham Jr. gave his blessing to rookie receiver Jalen Hyatt to wear number 13. But Peter, you might be saying, Jalen Hyatt has been wearing 84 all summer. I've seen the clips on YouTube and Twitter. Well, he was. After final roster cuts, he switched to the OBJ made famous 13, to which the man himself replied on Twitter, rock out 1-3 with a rocket emoji. Considering Hyatt reportedly clocked in at 24 miles an hour in practice, which would be the fastest time ever recorded if he did it in an NFL game, there's a, a decent chance he might actually blast off. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up next week, who made the biggest impression in college football's week one? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.